Tell me about a pivotal moment in your life that taught you a lot about yourself and your leadership. And as I reflected on the first year of those shows, so 52 stories, not surprisingly, I saw three themes that were so clear. And upon reflection, I thought, you know, if only I had realized earlier in my life the power in going big picture, leveraging your relationships, and leaning into and staying in the hard stuff. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on all around us and explore the disruptive convergence of technology, business, and people. Here are your hosts, Ira Wolf and Jason Cochran. Well, welcome back, everyone, and Happy New Year. To our, this is our first episode of our sixth season of Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization. Uh, we are the winner of the most forward-thinking impact award from the People Forward Network. And I'm Robert Wolf, and thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. And I'm Jason Cochran. If you think this is just another podcast, think again. We're the voice of the most important, crucial conversations that are confronting business leaders and people today. Our goal is that we always bring you ways to reimagine tomorrow and explore the impact and convergence of business, technology, and people. This episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization is sponsored by our partner, Y Institute, your personal and professional GPS in a meaningful life and purpose-filled career. You'll hear more about the Y Operating System and Y Institute a little later in the show. We hope everyone had a wonderful holiday, spent some quality time with family and friends, and captured a few moments to decompress. But now we're ready to help make 2023, a year we many of us thought was way, way in the future, your best year ever. January is always an interesting time of the year. Many people seem to think that when the clock strikes 12, the ball drops, the fireworks burst, that the past becomes the past and we get a fresh start and success and good things will just fall into place. We make New Year's resolutions with the best of intentions and start the year with a positive attitude, but then reality seems to knock. And as most of our listeners know, effective change takes more than good intentions and that positive attitude. So Jason and I have been planning 2023 for months and we're excited to help you make this the best year ever. So today we're going to hear all about the power of the pivot from a good friend of ours, Andrea Butcher, and she is the author of a brand new book, The Power in the Pivot. But get ready for this. Next week, we begin a series of live events. Gad Levinen, also a good friend of Geek Skeezers and Googleization, he's the chief economist at the Burning Glass Institute, formerly at the conference board. And he'll join us to unwrap his forecast of the labor markets and hiring for 2023. And then on the next day, January 12th, we have our good friends from Odeon Capital Conversations, Dick Beauvais. He's been he's a 50-year veteran of Wall Street. Matt Van Alstein, he's the founder of Odeon Capital Group. And John Aiden Byrne, who's an award-winning journalist and also covered the Wall Street for many, many years, joins us once again to talk about the economy, jobs, and money markets. And the last time they visit us, visited us, we had a record-breaking 25,000 25, downloads in the first 24 hours. So you're not going to want to miss them joining us again. But that's only what we have in store for you for the first half of the month. On January 18th, Chip Conley joined us to talk about how to turn your midlife crisis into a calling. So Chip's the founder of Modern Elder Academy and should be quite a follow-up to our spectacular conversation we had just last week with Stephen Kotler from the Flow Research Institute. So you can now listen to Stephen's episodes on your favorite podcast. But we're still not done because on the 26th of January, the talent board's Kevin Grossman joins us once again to reveal their most recent findings about the candidate experience and its impact on your ability to attract and hire the best talent. And they they have the very, very best research and statistics and studies on candidate experience. And that's just January. But now it's time to take our first pivot. 
Before we bring on our favorite Chief Pivot Officer, Andrea Butcher, it's time for our perfect labor storm. On each episode, we focus on just one disruptive, surprising, or worrisome trend that we believe you should know. So here's our perfect labor storm. According to Gardner, 60% of all people leaders fail in their first two years in their new role, showing how challenging the change for leaders can be. According to Pew Research, about 50 million Americans changed their primary jobs in 2022. 50 million, that's one third of all the workers. It's not just frontline workers making the change either. A recent Harris poll told us that 48% of six-figure salaried employees are planning to change their jobs within the next few months. And people aren't the only one who should be considering making changes. According to Richard Foster, professor in the Yale School of Management, 40% of today's Fortune 500 companies, 40% will be gone by 2028. That's only five years from now, unless they pivot, adapt, and evolve. Holy moly, Ira. I mean, that is a, that's a whole lot of stuff we've got going on in January, but there's also a whole lot of pivoting and changing going on today too. And I got to tell you, today's topic is near and dear to my heart, um, not just because Andrea is a good friend, but also because this topic resonates for me. And I'm sure it, it does with you too, because of, of your past as well, Ira. So for me back in 2017, I pivoted from my 12-year career as an educational psychologist where I worked primarily in schools. And I pivoted to become a tech entrepreneur. I had no previous experience or skills in business or technology. But I had big ambitions, a big heart, and a desire to improve the employee experience for educators. And I got to tell you, in the span of those first six months, I went from being on top of the mountain because my second son was born to then being in the lowest of valleys because I saw my mom suffer and ultimately die from breast cancer, all within the first six months of having made that huge pivotal change. So it was quite the roller coaster ride of emotions. Most everything I thought I knew and, and my, my normal, it got completely flipped upside down. And I only share that to say I had major life events going on that made me question whether I made the right decision doing the career pivot. And I'm guessing for many of our listeners today, that may be the same case for them as well. But what I can share with you today is that with the utmost confidence, it turned out to be one of the best decisions of my entire life, and it paved the way for future pivots I subsequently made since 2017, one of those being obviously joining you on Geek Skeezers and Googleization a year and a half ago. And so it was almost like after I made my first big pivot, it gave me the confidence to take on future pivots. Daniel Pink's one of my favorite thought leaders as well. And last year, he shared some research on the human motion of regret. And interestingly, the research shows that in our early adulthood, like when we're in our 30s, we have a mostly equal number of regrets between what we did and what we didn't do. But interestingly, as we get older, the scales tip significantly and what really sticks with us are the regrets about what we didn't do. Or as we're gonna discuss with Andrea here today, the pivots that we didn't take. So that's why I'm thrilled that we have her joining us today to share insights from her book, The Power in the Pivot, to help all of us know how and when to pivot in our personal lives or in our organizations as well. A quick reminder before we bring on Andrea, if you're interested in getting SHRM credits by merely listening to the episode, you can do that by going to our new website at geekskeezersgoogleization.com. So go take a look at it. Uh, it's completely revamped and we'll be posting our new episodes and summaries shortly with summaries for each of the podcasts. Uh, but if you're interested in getting credits, you can go up there and click on follow us, which is join uh, Googleization Nation. And in the upper right-hand corner, right underneath that will be a link to download the form, answer a few questions, verify that you listen to the show, and we'll send you the activity code so you can earn anywhere from a half to a full credit. You can, while you're there, if you're not a member of Go Geek Skeezers and Googleization Nation, uh, please, please follow us and you'll get updates about all the events we, we've got a whole lot in store for you, so please do that. And if you're listening to this on a podcast, please rate and review it. It really helps us uh, grow, spread the word. Absolutely. And so now's the perfect time to bring on Andrea Butcher, our special guest today, to talk about the power in the pivot. 
I love how that worked out because we're going to talk a lot today about vision. So the timing is perfect. Absolutely, it is. And maybe a good place to start, Andrea, is tell us a little bit about you and your leadership journey mm -hmm. and how this inspiration and passion around helping people and organizations know how to pivot. How did that come about for you? Yeah, I feel so grateful to get to do the work that, that we do. So HRD is a leadership development company. We come alongside our clients, helping leaders to be the best of themselves so that they can get the best of their teams. So much of the work we do is about the inner journey and the inner work of discovering who you are. And you know the, the, the question, you know, how do I lead authentically really begins with who am I? Because we lead from the essence of who we are as a person. And I've just always been really fascinated about self-discovery, you know, I was a psych undergrad and so really curious about why we do what we do and what are our motiv motivators. And I believe wholeheartedly that every single person has so much goodness and potential within them and feel really called then to bring those two together, helping people to discover what those gifts are so that they can be they can be more of who they already are. The world needs that. Absolutely, they do, because I think there's a lot of people that Andrea, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people are still searching for maybe who they are. Yeah, and um, I think, and you know, the, the stats that Ira shared, I mean, the stats and then your story, Jason, were such a great setup for this. I mean, you look at the statistics and people are waking up to wanting more and are, are searching for how do I get more fulfillment and enjoyment and happiness in my life? And so it's not surprising that we're seeing a lot of pivots right now. And so the name of, of your book is called The Power and the Pivot. And so we're, we're going to dig into all the nooks and crannies of what is a pivot? How do people know when to pivot? What are the signs? But maybe to start with, what was the inspiration for that book? Where did that come from? Yeah, well, you know, we are both part of the People Forward Network and our show, Being at Work, is in its fourth year. And after the first year of the show, so this would have been mid-2019 to mid-2020, the show was a weekly show at that time. And so I had interviewed 52 executives and I had asked all of them the same, the same question. Tell me about a pivotal moment in your life that taught you a lot about yourself and your leadership. And as I reflected on the first year of those shows, so 52 stories, not surprisingly, I saw three themes that were so clear. And upon reflection, I thought, you know, if only I had realized earlier in my life the power in going big picture, leveraging your relationships, and leaning into and staying in the hard stuff, I would have done things differently. No doubt I would have been more thoughtful about some of the decisions. And so I felt called to put out those stories and those three themes to help others navigate. You know, the book could also be called Navigating the Challenges of Life. Because we we all know, just, just as your story described, Jason, life is a series of pivots. The ups and downs, the unanticipated things that pop up, the opportunities, the forks in the road, the diagnosis, the new relationship. You know, there's like big P pivots and then there's little P pivots. Challenges with our kids, challenges with our relationships, challenges at work. You know, all of those can be leveraged when we go big picture, leverage the relationships and, and lean into it. You know, I think a lot of times in my career, I cut and run when things got tough. You know, I wanted to be comfortable. And so I didn't stay in the challenge and I lost out on the growth and opportunity in that. And so that's where the power comes from by, by staying in it and, and being thoughtful about what is it that I want here and what am I creating? That's where the power, the power piece comes in. Andrea, you hit on so many great topics right there. So, so many great themes and, and certainly leaning in. And, you know, we're all familiar with Angela Duckworth's yeah. work with, with grit and, oh. and certainly uh, Brene Brown's with resilience. And we talk about those all the time. And, and that those sort of became the buzzwords of 2020 and 2021. Uh, in fact, I think resilience was the word of the year in 2021. And everybody was focused on grit and resilience and just keep going forward and leaning in, except there's a balance. Sure. There's a time when you, you know, your book's about pivoting. 
I mean, which is about changing. So there's a time and a place that people need to say, I'm, I am gritty. I'm not quitting. I'm resilient. I'm not giving up, but I need to pivot. You got it. How do people know that time? How do, how do people, how do organizations, how leaders and organizations know we need to pivot, we need to change and, and we're not giving up. I, I so appreciate your point, Ira. It's such a great question. And that's where those three themes really work together. Because resilience on it on its own can lead to burnout. But resilience with vision, resilience with relationships and vision, that's where the power is, right? So I'm staying in it because of a bigger picture why. I'm staying in it because I care so much about this person and I'm so committed to his or her success. So there's there is a drive behind the resilience. I'm not just I'm not doing it because somebody told me to or it's what's expected of me. I'm doing it because I care and the people involved, right? So there's a service element to it. I, for me, that's where the balance comes in is um, if I'm doing it for a good reason, right? It helps me to stay in it. I'm so glad you brought that up because most people think about grit as perseverance. Yeah, it's just endurance. Just keep keep going, and they're gritty and and they're they're you know maybe bullheaded and strongheaded and and focused. Yeah. Um, but if you're focused and keep running into the wall um, and, and miss the, the openings, miss the detours, miss the cracks, misses the opportunities um, that lie in there. But but the definition of grit that Angela Duckworth and you and, and many of us are putting forward is that grit isn't just perseverance. Yeah, It's perseverance and passion. You got and it. And it's a passion for doing something, but it also means that you have to have direction because people can be passionate about doing something and and they don't have a, a long-term vision and obviously they can get either hurt or injured or pushed out. But so the, the, the combination is absolutely right on. I love it, yes. Amen to all of that. So good. Which is why that inner work. I mean, it takes time, doesn't it? To take a step back and get really clear on what is it that I want? What is important to me? What are my priorities? What is that North Star? I mean, call it, it's been interesting over the last few days. You guys have probably seen, there's a lot of people who are kind of pushing back on, well, I don't like goal setting or I don't like visioning or I don't like the word of the year concept. Or for me, like, figure out your system. It doesn't matter what you call it, right? Call it intention, call it word of the year, call it being forward focused, call it thinking about the future. I think that we're getting hung up on like what the, what, what, what the words are, what the process is. Like, I think it's a personal thing. Everybody figure out your own system. But what, what I do feel really strongly about is that leadership is naming a future place. And so call it whatever you want. Leaders have to have the courage to do what you just described, Ira, to cast, to, to, to imagine the possibilities beyond what is today. Like that's what leadership is. The root of the word lead is to go, to guide, to travel. So inherent in that is a future place. And that takes courage to put a stake in the ground and say, here's what we're going to do. Here's We may not get there, but here's what we're striving for, shooting for. I think that's, I think that's so important. That is, Andrea. And I love that you bring up courage because it does take courage on the part of someone to step into the unknown. Um, because it is so much easier to just stay doing what you're doing because it's comfortable and it's what you know. But I also think back for, for me, when I told that story of 2017, leaving behind everything I knew, everything I trained for, for eight years in my career and not knowing how to write a single line of software code, but it's like, Hey, I'm going to become a tech entrepreneur. You know, what helped me take that step? It wasn't, it wasn't me. It was my wife. Yeah. My wife, Rachel said, you got this. And that put so much wind in my sails. And I, and I guess the metaphor there is how much of this, when we talk about pivoting, you know, we think about picking ourselves up by our bootstraps, but how much is, is it also of getting other people to believe in yeah. this as well and getting behind it to actually achieve what it is that you're trying to do? How important is that? Well, and you bring up such a good point because I think it's the key, it's key people. It's, it's not people, it's who are the people, right? That are most important because- mm. I think there are always going to be those naysayers and those you're crazy that are going to get in the way. And so what are the voices that we're going to take on? What are the voices that we're going to let in? And what are the voices that we're going to let speak into us? 
That's so important. It's, 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 you know, it's the second theme in the power and the pivot vision relationship and uh, leaning into the hard stuff. And, and you're absolutely right, Jason, over and over in the first year of the show, this, the, the thing that I heard was it was her or it was him or because of I did. There's so much power. And, and isn't that why we're here after all is relationships and connection. And there's so much power in those voices but I think we have to discern what are what are the voices that really matter to us. You know, who who are we really going to open our ears to and our hearts to? Andrew, when you know, you know, I, I speak a lot and and have researched a lot on adaptability. And I started this a few years ago, and you just brought up two key words. Um, was one is having the courage yeah. to adapt, having the courage to change. That's what pivoting is: is adapting to an, an environment, recognizing the environment, growth mindset. Um, but it also takes confidence. And and I'll look back on my journey, and many of the listeners know this. I I think you know this. I mean, my first career, I was a dentist, um, and you know, it's it's almost thirty years, twenty eight years ago, I left. And people said, how courageous. I mean, I was in my mid 40s, um, had a family, daughter just graduated college uh, the month before. And I said, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. And I sold a, a big practice. And people were amazed of, of, of moving from dentistry into management consulting, business consulting, HR consulting. I didn't think I was courageous at all. In fact, a lot of people thought it was stupid. <laughs> I, I fired my accounts. I fired my attorney because they didn't think it was a very good move. They weren't very supportive. You talk about, you know, having those relationships. But I was confident in what I could do. And there were people that said, it doesn't matter what you do. You have this innate ability to work with people, to have a vision, mm. to articulate your message. Uh, to relate with others. to do, And so in my mind, I didn't do anything different starting this business. I just put down my drill, stopped drilling and billing yeah. and started, you know, working with people and, and leading oh, and, and, and taking it. my words uh, and making that my message. Uh, but it, it always became this challenge is this confidence. Do you need confidence to have courage or do you have courage by oh. having the courage, does it build confidence? So oh, I'm curious. Gosh. I know this is this is a, an un, a a, a, an off the wall question, but mm. what what did you learn from the all the mm. people that you've interviewed? Do you think that they 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 were, they were just self confident and therefore courage was natural, or did they have the courage and they had the and and by taking that challenge, they built their confidence? Oh my gosh, what a great question! I've never thought of that, but I love it. So let me just share the couple of things that are coming to mind for me, and we'll we'll trust that there's something in there. Oh, there will be. <laughs> the, have you have you read the book, uh, the Arthur Brooks book, Strength to Strength, or heard about that book? It's all Not about yet. yeah. It, your dentist story uh, reminded me of it. So I read it early last year. It's so good. Uh, so I will turn 48 in a couple of weeks, and have been thinking a lot because my visioning process is every year I go out 10 years. And so I've been thinking a lot about when I'm like in my late 50s and 10 years. And so then I go backwards, right? I, I go out and I, I imagine the possibilities of 10 years. And then I say, okay, what am I going to do this year to, to get closer to that, that life that I, you know, that, that I'm dreaming of. And um, so I've just been thinking a lot about that time of my life and how I can start shaping things to fit that. And Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Brooks' book, Strength to Strength, talks about how so many people, when physically we start to decline, um, we take that on in all aspects of our lives. And essentially what he's saying is your later years are not at all about decline. Your later years are taking all of that, like you just described, Ira, all of the your giftings and your strengths and using them in new ways. Strength to strength. And so if there was something that we did for 40 years and now we're starting to decline in that, it's like, oh, then, you know, I'm done. It's like, no, it's time to take that and, and transfer it to a new, a new area. So that's the first thing. I think having, having a bigger picture vision and faith that there are strengths that I have that will play out in new ways as I evolve and my life continues and the future comes. 
that I think that gives people the confidence and the courage to take on new opportunities when they pop up. You know, I, I've been I've been going into this year with a feeling of I'm over I'm overwhelmed. It'll be fun to look back on this podcast because here we are at January 4th and I'm overcome with something new is brewing. And as I've said that to people, that like terrifies them. Oh, what do you mean? Like, are you gonna are you gonna leave? Are you gonna? I'm like, you know, at this point in my life, I don't know, and I trust it. I trust whatever is brewing out there. And I'm my role is to stay open to the possibilities and to step into those opportunities when they emerge. So I have confidence in. And I guess faith kind of goes with confidence for me. I have confidence and faith in what will be, even though I don't know what that is. I have this bigger picture vision. And so I trust that life is going to bring me opportunities that are pretty aligned with that. That gives me the courage then to say, hell yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> I've done some, I've done some like pretty interesting things over the last few years just on just on faith just on, well, that sounds fun. <laughs> things that have, things that have led the po podcasting is that for me, Rachel Downey, who, who you both know so well, reached out and said, you should think about a podcast. And podcasting was nowhere in my, my, I had never thought about podcasting. And now it's such an important part of the work that I do. Those are, those are the kind of opportunities I think we all have to just be open to. And Andrea, what you just shared there resonates so well with our last episode of the show with Stephen Kotler. He's uh, he's a Pulitzer uh, award-winning author, and he's also like the the chief executive of Flow Research Theory. So he's a human peak wow. performance expert. Yeah. And what he shared on last week's episode that it just reminded me of what you were sharing there was he and his wife they bought an abandoned gold mine out west. And it was to turn it into uh, some some adventurous ski slopes to be able to to do some of the research he's doing on peak performance as you age once you're in your 50s, 60s, and 70s. Awesome. And what and what he what he uh, discovered was, and those of you that are listening, go back and listen to that episode too. In addition to the one you're listening to today with Andrea, but in that episode, he said the research is showing you can retain up to 70 percent of your abilities up until like your 80s and 90s. Yeah. Exactly. If you train for old age like an athlete, yeah. and I can't help but think I'm going to relate this back to some of my, uh, you know, personal upbringing and things like that. I had a wonderful upbringing, but one of the things that I realized the more I got out was, for the most part, I lived in a pretty risk averse um, kind of culture within my family, and that was don't rock the boat. Yeah. Uh, you know, you find a good employer, you stay there, stay in your lane, don't make waves, um, and things will be okay in life. And ultimately, you know, work is just something that's supposed to be transactional for you. And along the way, um, I don't know what it was, but my mindset started to change and was like, no, I think there's a different way, at least for me, that I want to do. And so, you know, for in terms of things that you learn from your book, from these 52 CEOs, yeah. is there a story or two or an insight or two, in addition to the things you've already shared, that they shared with you that was just like a, wow, that was really deep. And this is really insightful in terms of giving someone a practical step mm. who may be scared of making that change, particularly maybe someone who's been in the same job for 10, 15, 20 yeah. years. Yeah. What What would you say to them based off of some of the insights you gleaned from, from the people in your book? So, you know, I'm such a visionary person. Literally all of these faces are in my mind right now. I mean, there are so many stories I could tell. So I'll tell you just one, one that popped up immediately is Bridget Boyle, who's the head of, of HR for Roche Diagnostics North America. She would, and she would be an awesome guest for you all. So you should totally connect with Bridget if you don't, I don't know if you know her, but she's a, she's such a dynamo, you know, so, she, so she's obviously in an executive HR leader in a huge global organization. And she, so she has a ton of business savvy. She also just has a really strong commanding presence. So not surprising, you know, she, she rose pretty quickly early in her career, and she was in a role that she had been really confident, comfortable in, in an HR capacity as a generalist supporting a business unit. And she was asked by the business to take on more responsibility and really expand her skill set. But it required her to come up a level and lead very differently, and she just could not let go. She couldn't let go of what she was good at. 
and really struggled with that. And finally, I mean, through through relationships and really step taking a step back and thinking about, okay, what do I want longer term in my career? She recognized she she had to. She she just had to let go. She had to trust. And as soon as she did, she saw all of the support. She saw all of this help come to her to really help her make that transition. But her like she was trying to grasp on to what had been and and it was only until she relinquished that control and surrendered to this new opportunity that like see things just like just opened up and she's like it was my fear that was really holding me back not the new opportunity at all it i wasn't afraid of the new opportunity i was afraid of of the fear within me and i was grasping so that was uh that's just one of the many that comes to mind I think you just took us back to confidence, <laughs> having the confidence and, and not the courage. So we'll continue on that on that yes, path. Yes. Uh, we're talking with Andrea Butcher, from, uh, the, new, the author of the new book, The Power in the Pivot. Highly recommend that. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation uh, for a few more minutes right after our break. So please stay tuned. You're listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Uh, thank you for being part of Googleization Nation and stay tuned. For most of us, Change is freaking terrifying, and unfortunately, there's no app to adapt. That might change in the not-so-distant future, but for now, we're on our own. That means we can either accept our default future or reimagine our tomorrow. For those of you who choose default, good luck. Just remember, there's no pause button for change. You can't turn back the clock, and there's no get-out-of-jail-free card in this age of perpetual uncertainty. Like it or not, change will happen all around us. And that change is not becoming just more disruptive and frequent, but volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, or VUCA. Fortunately, you can make change work for you and turn it into your personal and competitive advantage. Reimagine your future to one in which you're living with purpose, you're happy, and you're growing, thriving, and flourishing. If you're ready to rewrite your next life chapter and regain control of your destiny in this never normal world, your journey starts here. Contact the leader in adaptability and making change work for you, your team, and your organization. Ira S. Wolf, adaptability.expert. There's a certain kind of coach who believes what we believe, who leads people to greatness, who gets people unstuck, who unlocks all of your passion, a coach who helps people discover what drives them to tap into their superpowers. Then knowing your why is the first step to untapped potential, to focus, to breakthroughs, a coach who's looking for a better way. Are you that coach? Hey, welcome back everyone to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. We're here today with our guest, Andrea Butcher, author of the new book, The Power in the Pivot. Uh, Andrea, um, when we left off, you were sharing a few stories, um, the hot kind of key stories that popped out of your book. You know, one of the themes too uh, is, and especially at this time of the year, where people tend to, to set forward thinking goals, but many people said, seem to set goals backwards. Which is the more effective way? I mean, you know, I guess learning from our lessons, learning from the past, or is it something completely different? Well, I definitely have a bias on this, but I will say this is what works for me. So I always, I struggle a bit with someone the other day was like, teach me goal setting. I'm like, I cannot, I cannot teach you goal setting because it is, <laughs> my dog is barking. Can you guys hear my dog? I love it. It's a big fan. I'm so sorry. Dana, come here. You guys, I'm so sorry. Dana, he wants to talk about goals. Nothing to say about visioning, right? There you go. Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> 
So someone the other day said, teach me goal setting. And I very quickly said, I, I don't think I have anything to teach anyone about goal setting. I think it is such a personal process, right? And everybody has to figure out what works, what works for them. But I have found that, so I read a book several years ago called Breaking the Rules, Removing the Obstacles to High Performance. And it's written by a guy named Kurt Wright. And he shared some research around obstacle thinking. And what he shared was, it takes the average person seven years into the future before we, before they can no longer think of obstacles. And that really resonated with me because I've always been a very uh, naturally someone who loves to dream about the possibilities of what could be. And I've always encouraged a, a long-term vision, 10 years. And I think, I, I suspect that part of why that resonated with me so much is because past seven years, obstacles go away and I am freed up to dream and imagine the possibilities of what could be. So I always start 10 years out and then I go back and say, okay, what am I going to do this year to get closer to that? An example that's relatable to most people is weight loss. You know, so, so many people will, I'm going to lose five pounds because they don't like how they feel. They don't like how those jeans fit, they've got a trip coming up. But if you think about setting a goal from that place is very different than saying, how do I want to feel you know, a couple of years into the future or even six months, a year into the future? How do I envision myself? What do I want to be doing? How do I want to move? How do I want to show up? And then say, okay, what am I going to start doing today? What habits am I going to set today to get to that place? It's very different. It's an abundance versus versus a scarcity mindset. So, of course, that I mean, and that's why you know I went to the gym last night and it was packed. I don't think it's going to be so packed at the end of the month, right? It's the reason that night. What is it? Ninety two percent of New Year's goals fail by January the fifteenth, because most people start set goals from a place of ickiness versus possibilities. Are there some corollaries there, Andrew, with what you just shared in terms of how people need to, to think differently in terms of setting personal goals? Does that also relate to businesses? Are there some things that maybe could be improved in terms of how businesses are trying to set goals or cast a vision? Yeah, I think so. Because a lot of times, you know, especially when something is not going good in the business, it's an, oh, shit, we've got to. And think about the reaction energy that comes out of that. I mean, nobody's going to feel good. Everybody's, it's fear-based versus let's imagine like what this business looks like and who we're serving and who we're impacting in the future. What do we need to start doing today? It's, you know, it's, it's responding versus reacting. I, I love how you brought that up and, and through the whole conversation and in my personal journey, you know, through this has been certainly, I've always had goals. I, there's, you know, whether it was get to, to college and then get to dental school and then this, establish my practice, and then get out of my practice and start a new business and then start a podcast, whatever it's been, there, there's always been goals out there. But the goals were de detached from kind of purpose. Mm. And, you know, certainly being introduced to the, I don't know if it's concept or model or idea of purpose. And we've all heard about that. And you're, you, you know, you, you heard that at the break and you're familiar with Gary Sanchez and the work and Simon, certainly Simon Sinek's work. And it's changed the lives of so many people, but now it's almost evolving. And you just sort of brought this up. It's, it's about the feeling that you get. It's not about purpose. It's about fulfillment because you can, you can write your purpose statement. You can determine what you want to be. You have this great vision and you go through the motions and sort of when you climb that mountaintop and you get there, it's like, what was the experience? And it was the difference of people similar to organizations building a company culture. They've got to, they did everything absolutely yeah. right yeah. in building a culture, except mm. th that the workers and the employees didn't feel fulfilled. It didn't mm -hmm. help them reach their goals. They didn't have that emotion behind it. So they went through all the steps and the transactions and, and they created this great model, but, and, you know, sort of came out with what Gallup's been studying for 30 to yeah. 40 years is, Hey, we did everything right. We got a great organization. We're the best place to work, but only 30% of our people are engaged. Yeah. It's an interesting journey. And I think that we forget sometimes that at the end of the day, it's how people feel um, you know, certainly retail has gotten for years. It's it's about it's, it's about emotion. 
Yeah. So that, it, it, you know, it, it, that's what drives the behavior. It's not that you did all the right things and we had, and we did all our studies and we have all this market intelligence and we, we have this great messaging and then nobody buys it. Yes. Yes. I worked for, um, I worked for a security company, Defenders. They were purchased by ADT, but I led HR for them for a few years. And one of the things that I took away from that organization, it was such a development focused organization. And the founder of the business, a guy named Dave Lindsay, he would always tell new team members, I want you to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Because he knew that by taking care of yourself, which is just what you were describing, Ira, by taking care of yourself, you're obviously going to have more energy to serve clients, to serve customers, to do good things. And I think it's such an important message, you know, filling up our own buckets so that we can give. I love that analogy. One of the assessments that we, when my prior company that we had was, it was called Business Motivators. I actually wrote a book about it. It was called Business Understanding Business Motivators and Values. And there were six, we, we talked about this. It was based on a, a theory from Edward Spranger. And we talked, they had six values and people were motivated by learning. They were motivated by the aesthetics, by their surroundings, money, power, community, and a belief system could be political, could be religious, but and it didn't really matter what it was. It was yeah. just that they had a strong belief. And those were the and we talked about those as the six buckets. And and the story I used to say is that we all wake up every morning and we pick up two buckets mm. and we go to work or we go to our family or we go wherever we go. When we wake up, we hit the floor and we carry these two buckets. And at the end of the day we measure of how did the day go by or the bucket's full. Is there anything in there? And so often when it came to go to organizations, people went and they said, check those buckets at the door yep. or put them in your locker. And here's the buckets we want you to fill. Yeah. And then they fill those buckets and they go home at the end of the day and they carry empty buckets home. Yeah. So I, again, there's so many ideas uh, through my, you know, 40 years in the workplace that you keep reminding me about that I forgot about. <laughs> So good. It's great. So You're thank right. You. Great analogy. Such a good analogy. So we can all we can all relate to that. So we always ask our guests one question, and that question is, what should we have asked you but that we didn't? Mm. Maybe like what it is that gets in my way. <laughs> I I'm really I'm in such a such a phase of like telling the truth. And so maybe ask me a really hard question. Yeah. So what, what gets in your way, Andrea, from, from telling the truth sometimes? Yeah, I, I've just had a new awareness that I, for a long time, I thought that if I speak my truth, they're going to judge me. I thought it was external. I thought there was something out there. But no, I think it's all about how I feel about myself. And there's something within me that is keeping me from holding, like that's holding me back, that bite your tongue or soften it a little bit. And so this is the year of just, I'm outspoken. And so I want to be outspoken. I'm bold. And so I want to be bold. I have big ideas. And so I want to share big ideas. And so I'm working on, I'm working on just bringing it this year not holding myself back from that. I love it. And that, that reminds me of, um, for me personally, one of my core values is don't shrink. Um, and, and to expand on that a little bit is there are many times in my life, and this was my own fault, it wasn't other people, but I allowed myself to shrink and, and not be who I was because I was worried about potentially stepping on toes or having a different opinion from what may have been the popular opinion. And it only came about from having the right people in my tribe and around me that said, don't, don't shrink, don't quiet yeah. that voice. We need that voice. You need to speak up on those things. And so love hearing that about you, that 2023 is going to be the year of the unleashed version of Andrea going out there and changing the world and can't wait to see what that looks like over the course my, of this year. My word is free. For that very reason. Like, I just want to be free to be who I am. So I may piss a lot of people off, but I'm also going to encourage a lot of hearts and lift a lot of people up. So that's what I'm focused on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's a perfect segue into the, the lightning 
segment that we have here, the lightning round. We're going to ask oh, you a yeah. few questions to get to know you awesome. a little bit more personally. And you kind of already answered the first one that I have. So I've got a new round, Ira, of, of questions I'm going with this year to kick off 2023 to try some new ones here. And I figured Andrea is a safe one to do it with since she's my friend. She'll give me some grace if she's like, hey, don't Let's use that do question it. again. But here's the first Let's one. Do it. So what is your vision or goal for 2023? Freedom. Perfect. And you just explained it, teeing up to that one. All right, here's here's the second one. What is something that people would be shocked or surprised to know about you? Whether it's like a hidden talent or something like that, what would shock or surprise people? I love to do um I love to do really challenging physical things. So I've done a couple of marathons. My husband and I have done 14ers. I did like acrobat flying through the air. I loved crazy challenges, physical challenges. You, you definitely have to go back and listen to uh, Stephen Cot Kotler's episode. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It's going to resonate, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Some of the stuff that he's doing. He, so with his skiing that he's doing out there, we told you about the abandoned gold mine. It's not just yeah. like regular downhill skiing. He's doing the stuff like you're going off the slopes, doing 360s, all kind of crazy acrobatic stuff oh at 1560s. So, yeah, that's going to be yeah, you my too. Because my husband shares that with me. And so it sounds like that could be a fun excursion for the two of us to, do, to go out there and visit them. Absolutely. And then how about this one? If there was one person in the history of the world that you haven't gotten to meet that you could, who would it be and why? Mm, it would be Gandhi. And I would want to find, I would want to just talk with him about his peacefulness in the face of such challenge and how he found within him to stand up to such hatred and anger in such a peaceful way. Awesome, Andrew. Well, we can't thank you enough for being with us on the show today. Thank you for sharing all the insights and wisdom um, that you have and, and that you learned from all the, the 52 executives too, from your book, The Power and the Pivot. And for those of you who are listening, um, if you want to go purchase The Power and the Pivot, you can purchase it at Amazon and all of the, the uh, book publishers that are out there. Um, it's been out for a few months now, right, Andrea? Yeah, it launched October 25th. So just a, just a couple of months. Perfect. And then also um, to follow Andrea and some of her work, she, you can connect with her, Andrea Butcher, um, on LinkedIn. And then also learn about um, the work that they're doing at HRD Leadership, um, where they focus on leadership development. And you can go to hrdleadership.com to learn more information about that. Anything else, Andrea, in terms of how people yeah, can I, reach out and learn more about I would you? also say that the podcast, Being at Work, is also a great way to stay connected. So it's a story-based show. We um, Every other Thursday, we have a CHRO from a mid or a large size organization. Every day, we do a leadership lesson. It's two to three minutes. So great way to start your day with taking in some good leadership content. Perfect. Absolutely. Uh, well, we can't thank you uh, again any more than, than what you gave us today, Andrew. This was absolutely tremendous. Thank you for starting the year off on a great foot for Googleization Nation. And we'll have to have you back again later on. Yeah, this was so fun and very energy giving. And Ira and Jason, thank you so much for the great work that you're doing and the leaders that you're highlighting. And I share your passion and I'm rooting, rooting you on. So keep going. Appreciate you. You too, Andrea. Thanks very much and have a, ha a very happy new year. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot in the near future. Absolutely. Thanks to you both. And, and thanks for your friend stopping in too. <laughs> Danny Mac, there he is, sitting right here, looking for something to bark at. Bye-bye. Wow, Ira, we covered a lot in a short amount of time. And I think that's probably the, the deepest I've ever gone in a conversation of learning from someone on goals and pivots and change. What were some of the big takeaways for you today? I think a lot of it was just bringing back things that I've heard or questions that I had, but, you know, just, just reflecting on my journey of, of talking about, you know, pivot to me, I, I think 25 years ago, if somebody said about my pivot, it was just changing a career. It was just making a decision and going in a different direction. Uh, but there's so much more involved in that when you think about, you know, other people, why don't people pivot? And is it courage or is it lack of confidence or is it skills or um, is it, uh, you know, is it a fixed mindset? You know, what is it that holds people back? And it became a much richer uh, conversation. Uh, but then also when we talked about, uh, 
you know, the difference learning again on my journey, learning the, the, the differences between setting goals, having a purpose and being fulfilled. And they're not all the same. And they, they, they don't necessarily, one doesn't lead to the other. I love that. And there, there were two big ones for me. There were a bunch, but the two that I want to share, you know, as we get ready to, to end here, she said, resilience on its own leads to burnout. Amen. And I think we have a lot of folks that just keep pushing through, pushing through, thinking that things will ultimately change and hoping that things will change. But sometimes the change that needs to happen is maybe going in a different direction and doing something different, having the courage to do that. But the second one she shared too, it's really struck a chord with me is when I shared about how in my pivot that my wife, Rachel said, you got this. And Andrew was talking about how it's not the number of voices that are encouraging you to go do something, but it's who, who are those voices that matter to you that are speaking in and saying, you got this. Uh, this is the right thing to do. It's time for a change. And if you don't know who those people are, that that's a good first step to take is figure out who are those voices of people who really know who you are that can help you figure out that formula of getting the fulfilling life that you're looking for um, and delivering on the things that, that bring value and meaning to your life. So those were the two big things for me that I took away. And so with that, Googleization Nation, we want to thank you for tuning in today. Um, if you haven't liked and subscribed to the show, please do so on your favorite podcast platform. Because of you, uh, the show's in the top 1% in the whole world um, in popularity. And we're inside the top 100 for business management and also inside the top 100 for thought leadership. And that's because of our wonderful guests like Andrea Butcher today and you, our listeners. So thank you so much. And we're so excited for what we have in store for you this new year. So until next time, I'm Jason Cochran signing off. Jason, you, you brought up one great point. I just have to, to tie this together. And, and Andrew talked about this in, in the three messages, the three themes that you got across uh, from these 50 plus leaders. And sometimes it's not the courage to make the change. It's the courage to defy the people who don't support you. Mm. And I had a lot of a lot of people who just didn't support my decision to, to leave a career after that big investment and all those years of education and all the, and, and a successful business and a successful practice. And sometimes you have, the courage is to defy the people who aren't supporting you, not the courage to make that decision. So that's another, we, we'll get to Andrea back and we can talk about that in another day. And that may be another question we ask in the lightning round. Uh, but I'm Ira Wolf. Thank you so much for being part of our audience for being part of Googleization Nation. Special thanks to Y Institute for partnering with us and sponsoring this episode. Thank you for, again, for being part of Googleization Nation. And until next time, don't let the shift hit your plans. <laughs> <laughs>